This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week it's goal, goal, goal as Pineda pounces for D. And will arrival of Gallagher galvanise United? Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie and podding alongside me today are George Cran. Hello. Alan Temple. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. No messing about today. George, is Zach Robinson in the huff yet? Two goals and everyone's only speaking about Canada. <laughs> uh, well, I'm t- I should clarify, Dundee yeah. won 3-1 yeah. against Dumbarton to put themselves back in the running for League Cup qualification and although Zach got to, the Mexicans yeah, scored his first did. Dundee goal. And I'm, I'm sure Zach isn't too fussed because it meant he didn't have to do press after the game <laughs> and he's not a fan of doing the press. Uh, although he does speak quite well. Uh, no, it, it was all about the Mexicans. Obviously, we saw Antonio Portales finally got his okay. international clearance. <laughs> he got a book in. Uh, first of many, I think. Um, he got his clearance through... It must have been fairly close to the game because we were up speaking to Stuart Taylor for the, the preview uh, uh, what day is it? Tuesday afternoon. And yeah, they played the Wednesday. It hadn't come through at that time, so it's good to see him on the pitch. Uh, looked very comfortable, I thought. Uh, his first game in, in, in a long time. He's only trained a few games. But Pineda, I, I, he came off the bench on Saturday and looked a bit rusty, but looked a couple of nice touches. You could see he's stepped on again uh, in just a few days. He looked a lot sharper um, last night against the Barton. I took his goal really well in off the post. Um, good start for both of them. And I would say we were expecting Patales to, to like a tackle, judging by his uh, videos we'd seen. And we saw... He didn't let you down. <laughs> no. One of his first things to do in the, in the first half was somebody got in behind him and out came the big sw- sweeping slide tackle, took the ball, passed it to his mate. Brilliant. Tried again in the second half and wiped out the boy on the edge of the box and got a booking. So, so getting the best of both worlds then, aren't you? Yeah, that, it's maybe just a bit of rustiness. Uh, hasn't played in it in a long time, but it's it's good to finally see them on the park and see what a bit the fuss is about. They, they, they look like they, they really add something to the team, I think. Yeah, Bear, it's, it's good to get them both playing. Good to get your strikers scoring too. Yeah, great start. You want to go off to a good start. All strikers want to get goals, and he did. He took his goal really well. Um, and he showed other good touches as well. Without wanting to put a damper on things, I've got to say, it is early days. Um, what I will say, he is lightweight, and that, that concerns me slightly, but his movement is good. And if he's scoring goals, you know, they can't go wrong. This is a goal, a goal every game, damn. We're going to be laughing in that, in that Premier League, hopefully. So it was a good start. He's, got, he's gone from caution and playing. <laughs> if, he if he gets a goal of the game, like he'll be gone by Christmas. I like, I'll, I'll, I'll like go, he might be gone before a transfer window closes down. Didn't he operate? Um, but he, he brought a bit of excitement, to, you know, to the to the terrace, uh, to the stands, and Portellas as well showed what he, he was made of. But there are good things as well last night beyond the uh, the Mexicans. Um, Dundee, one thing again that lets them down 
big time is it was it was three one full time and but honestly, if it had been six or seven one, it wouldn't have been an injustice mm -hmm. to Dundee. And they the, the, are passing up an awful lot of chances mm. when they're on top in games, and that that concerns me slightly. Hopefully, the Mexican can address this. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, but we need others. There were good opportunities for Zach Robinson. There was good opportunities for Josh Mulligan, Lyle Cameron when he came on. Every everybody seemed to have have chances, and you're, you're not going to get opportunities. You're not going to be playing. No disrespect to them, Barton, who thought were set up very well last night and, and, and played quite well for 60 minutes, as you would expect. You know, that they've got, they've got a decent manager there. Um, but in the Premier League, it's going to be slightly different. The chances aren't going to be coming so thick and fast as they did last night. So they have to take them. Another thing, with Portalis coming in, I wondered how he was going to set up, and he set up with the three centre-backs. Yeah. interested me. I, was, I looked at the team lines yeah. to see who dropped out. Yeah, that was... And well, the answer was no. No, one. no. He set up with the three centre-backs, and it concerns me slightly because I don't think that Lee Ashcroft is a natural to be playing way over there on the right-hand side, and he got himself caught out. Not, not caught out, but... I don't like seeing Lee Ashcroft in the right back position, Tam. And if you're playing three at the back, more often than not, you will, you're, one of your centre-halves has to go out there. So it'll depend if Tony Doherty is going to stick stick with that. What I did like uh, from that setup is it allowed Josh Mulligan to play, I think, which is what his strongest yeah. position, which is coming in off the right. You Me know, too. he's a powerful, powerful player. We saw a lot of strong run from some great link-up play. Beck as well on the other side. Yeah, Beck was an Beck, I've got George, that's, you're right. I thought Beck's been outstanding. Mm. They missed him on Saturday at Airdrie. Yeah. Um but he 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 exudes class, I've got to say, yeah. which is the shouldn't surprise you coming from Liverpool. Um, but there was a lot of good things uh, from last night's performance. They still look a bit, still look a wee bit lightweight to me. I, I still think that, that they need a, a, an experienced midfielder in there. Lyle Cameron didn't start, which I thought I thought he was he wasn't at his best on Saturday against Airdrie. But there will be games in the Premier League where Lyle Cameron just because of the sheer intensity of the games and the way Dundee are, are, are maybe on the back foot. And, and, and the physicality of games, Lyle Cameron may struggle to get a foothold. That's what, we're going to need somebody who can do a similar type job to Lyle Cameron in essence, take the ball and, and, and hold it in there. And I don't think there is anybody at the club of, of that nature. And I also feel we still need a wee bit of weight up, up top. So apart from that, oh good, <laughs> they've put themselves back in the picture. And, and it should be an argued game on Sunday against Inverness. So Alan Bear's got Dundee winning the league and he's glum about <laughs> it. And he's... <laughs> but... One, I mean, sticking with the point he made about the three at the back thing, is that maybe a sign that Tony Doherty accepts Dundee are going to have to do quite a bit of defending in their first season back in the Premier League? Point being, the more the more you have to defend with three at the back, the less exposed you can be because you're in your own half. Your wing backs are more like full backs. Tends to be when you're bombing forward all the time that you're right or left, centre half can be exposed down the flanks. Yeah, I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of um, seeing a, a 3-5-2 or a 5 uh, as it may be at the back as a defensive formation. I'm kind of the opinion there's no really such a thing as a no. defensive formation. It's how uh, you're deployed within. Yeah. I've seen lots of... I've seen Antonio Conte played three at the back when he won the mm. league with Chelsea and they were fantastic to watch. You know, So there are variations of that, but certainly it can give you stability when, when defending. What I think is more important, and it was interesting hearing you guys talk about it, is that is 
what's absolutely vital is if your wing backs are naturals in that position because mm -hmm. that's so important. They need to have the engine, they need to have the defensive ability, and most of all, they need to have um, attacking instincts. And it seems like Mulligan and Beck have both had that, you know, without wanting to take it to the other side of the street. Obviously, I watched United play a lot of three at the back football last season. It was the preferred formation for most of the season. And I think Scott McMahon and whether it's Kieran Freeman or, or Liam Smith would probably both say didn't excel as wingbacks and that was a big problem. That's why they were so stodgy and uninspired going forward. So there's no reason why Dundee need to be like that and it's exciting that what it sounds like maybe is happening and I, I don't see enough of them to make the comment but it could be that they feel stronger as um, in the wingback position than they do in the winger position. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you feel like you're best wide players are Beck and Mulligan and you want them to have clear air yeah. in front of them then clear the way, get wingers out of the way and change that yeah. shape and that also allows you to play potentially an orthodox partnership up front without being left um, without numbers in the middle so I think, I know there's a lot of naysayers with 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 or as it may be because it's seen as defensive but I don't think there's any reason why it needs to be and as Bear's saying if if, United, if, if Dundee could have won 7-1, then clearly um, it did create quite a few yeah. chances. It's so. interesting, though, that was the first time we've seen any hint of a three at the back, mm. all pre-season and all the games. No, at no point did Tony Dockery try it. So. I mean, for what I've just said there, might it be a nod to the fact that Ashcroft, as is usually the case, hasn't done anything wrong. So yeah, Tony Dockery felt he couldn't, he shouldn't leave him out. He's done a three, but going, at, going on... If they're not suited to a three, they might go back to a four, mm. and one of the centre halves will have to to be on mm -hmm. the bench. He's also he's also brought in another centre back this week, uh, Aaron Donnelly. I, I was thinking he'd probably look more as a as a left back because he can play the left wing back as well. But if they're playing three at the back, then he probably steps into the the left hand side of that. Yeah, if Portales so, is slightly diminutive as well, then you would say that would be more suited to a three than necessarily yeah, a two yeah. as well. So I think good. if Donnelly can play on that left hand side, I think that Docker has looked at and and I look at Jack Wilkie and Jack Wilkie's still he's got potential, don't get me wrong, mm. but he's still a wee bit away from being a a, yeah. a premiership player, standard player. He's got I think there might be a, a loan move for Jack would suit Jack yeah, I think so and beef so, yeah. up a, a bit. And maybe this guy, Donnelly, has come in is a, is a bit further ahead of him in, in terms of physical de development and, and can slot into that left-back role if, you know, Beck's going to be a big player for yeah. Dundee. You can see that this season. Yeah. Everything I've heard of, of Donnelly is yeah. he's a hardy yeah. uh, defender, very aggressive. I think that's the sort of cover so he's, he's maybe, that's how the team he's, he's looking mm -hmm. for. Um, but yeah, three at the back may work. I'm still not convinced that Lee Ashcroft likes it I, don't, you know mm -hmm. I mean if you're playing the team time you can't complain no you take the jersey but I still think he looks uncomfortable he, he likes a fullback yeah uh, close to him I, uh, I know that even in a four he, he doesn't like the fullback going too far away so <laughs> uh. I can empathise with that <laughs> and I mean in this plethora of tactical dilemmas <laughs> that you, you threw up in the first the opening minutes here we should point out Bear mentioned the missed chances. Cost them dear on Saturday and it might, it could conceivably cost them a place in the knockout stages of the, the League Cup, the 1-0 the defeat at Airdrie. Yeah, I think goal difference, if going for that second place, uh, there's only three 
of the second place teams that are going to get through, and I think goal difference may well come in, come into it. Um, there's a few teams already on seven. You're going to have to have nine points, I think, and there may even be teams on ten. So you need you need goals. Um, so they're going to have to score some on Sunday. So the good thing about the weekend is they will they play it after everybody else, so they know they will know exactly what they need to do. But if you were picking a team that you had to score a few goals against, it would not <laughs> be Inverness, Caledonia, Thistle. No, especially after they've shipped three during the week yeah. to Airdrie. And I've got to say, um, I was impressed with Airdrie on Saturday. Uh, I, credit I, to I, them. You forget they are a championship side now. They, they play a bit of football. They've got one or two sole players. Reese McCabe, their manager's a bloody good player, I've got to say, yeah. in the middle of the park. And, and they looked well set up and they're going to cause problems in that championship. This season, but you're right. Looking at Dundee playing Inverness, isn't it? D Dundee's record against Inverness is obviously a bit iffy, Tom. You know that over the last few years have probably yeah. leveled out a wee bit. Inverness used to have the upper hand, certainly up north, but it seems yeah, to have, home's a lot different. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be interesting to see. Billy Dodds certainly won't want to be going into the championship, you know, championship games yeah. on the back of two defeats. So they'll be up for a game. So one thing is, it's set up for a, a, a really good clash, which is what, what you want, you know, it should be a really good game of football. Yeah, there's something at uh, stake for Dundee at least, but it's a shame, it's because it, everything was on a high, but they did shoot themselves in the foot against the... I've got to, yeah, I mean, I, I, I disagreed with Tony Doherty slightly in, in the game against the area. They didn't create very much the front six. That, there were reasons for that. Beck didn't play, Robinson didn't play, so that's two big players taking out the team straight away. <laughs> The, the front six players didn't really create an awful mm. lot. Leo Carman didn't get his usual time on the ball, and that, that's credit to Airdrie for doing that. I think what, what Tony Doherty was alluding to was the fact that Dundee had a golden opportunity to get himself in front with 20 minutes to go, and I'm sure if, if Leo Carman had scored the spot, kick, we would have went on and won the game. And Leo Carman, I don't know, given last season, that you can call a penalty to Dundee a golden opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit like that. And I don't want to see Lyle, I love you as a player, but I don't want you to see you taking a penalty again. That's, that's three I've seen him miss in the last six months. Yeah. You know, so he shouldn't really be... Uh, to be fair, but I do see me get a lot of penalties I'll when save. Zach Robinson's not yeah. on the pitch, and he's yeah. the one that yeah. has no bother with them. Yeah, but uh, the game as a whole... Airdrie, I think, deserved a, a draw out of the game. Dundee missed a few chances, not nearly as many as they did last night. Um, and then what happens in football? What can happen? Happened. You know, it was a ridiculously soft decision. I've got to say, Colin Steele was the referee. Colin Stevens. Colin yeah. Stevens, sorry. Favourite referee. Yeah. Deary me. I mean, I felt for Jack Wilkie because the guy yeah. was going over towards the, the touchline with the ball and you could see from here he actually threw himself at the ground. I mean, there may have been slight contact, but... Maybe the referee had dinner booked and yeah, didn't want to Possibly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. But, I, uh, I don't like criticising referees, but no, Colin no. Stephen is a bad referee. Yeah, that, I was, he just, he, he, <laughs> but when you do, when you do, you don't skirt around yeah. it. I, I, think no. what, I think what Tony Doherty said after the game was right. He, he'd almost blown for a penalty before the guy hit the ground in the box. I mean, he, was, he was sprinting to the penalty spot as if, yes. I know. Penalty, he's, he's, but, yeah, I don't like yeah. criticising him either, but he's not. I, I, think, I was quite glad to yeah, see Willie call him the referee yeah. in last night's game. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair play. Fair play to... Oh, I think that's even worse yeah. than criticism. <laughs> Fair play to Airdrie. They, they won the game right. See, I think they're going to be a formidable championship outfit. I would not write them off, you know... They were really well set up. You could they tell were. their movement in the middle yeah. really caused yeah. them to... Team that had a storm and finish. I mean, everybody assumed Falkirk. I certainly assumed Falkirk were coming up mm -hmm. to the championship via the playoffs and Airdrie destroyed yeah. them and then beat Hamilton. Uh, well, I watched, I watched the playoff final. We had the second leg of it at Hamilton and Airdrie were superb. Yeah. You know, they, they want to play a bit of football... 
Um, that can become quickly undone, I think, because as much as you want to play like Manchester City, if you don't yeah. have the players that Manchester City have got you, and you get pressed, you're going to lose possession. And Dundee did that a couple of mm. times on Saturday and she's really capitalised on it. But um, I think what would be cruel for Dundee is if they, go, they get the win on Sunday and the nine points isn't enough and they go on the back of that penalty decision, which is yeah. that's what can happen in, in the League Cup. But um, I'll see. Nah, it's up, in the end, it's up to you to take care of business. Yeah, Dundee, you do. Dundee to go to a newly promoted team in the championship and not score a goal. Mm -hmm. They're opening themselves Absolutely. up to what happened, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and you know, that, that should be a, a lesson for them uh, going forward. Strike when you're on top. Yeah. And take, that, take your chances. And that, and that goes for the games they won as well. Mm -hmm. Bonnie Rigg had so many chances and didn't take them. Again, as we were talking last night, they missed a load of chances and it could be the goal difference that does, does for them. Um, that said, it was important. There's been a real feel-good factor, fa factor all summer about Dundee. It was important that they bounced right back from the Airdrie defeat. Yeah, there was, a, there was a bit of criticism when you were leaving the stadium, as there always is from certain fans, but I don't think the fans were, were too disappointed. They understand this early days, and as I said, I've mentioned the players that, that were missing. You know, So you, you knew there was more to come from Dundee. And last night they showed that, I think. I mean, they, they, were, they were excellent. After... The, they got their goal, got in front, and they lost a sloppy goal, I've got to say, from a set play, which they're going to have to sort out. That, that's, that's the first one I think I've seen them lose over the course of the summer. Mm -hmm. um, but then, to be fair to them, they responded instantly, went right up the park, terrific move, right through Pineda, fantastic finish, and off the post. And then from the start of the second half, you saw they were a mile yeah. on top. And I, I was, they went three, went up, and Dumbarton had a player sent off with about 15, 20 minutes to go, and Dundee really turned the screw in terms of passing and getting him behind but just did not capitalise on hmm. umpteen chances uh, it's, going back to saying it's important to bounce back it's a funny thing in general it's, a lot of it has to do with how you finished last season United lose a game and fans understandably are worried Dundee lose a game it's not so bad looking elsewhere in the via play cup no. Arbroath Arbroath can uh, Arbroath seem to be the calmest set of fans <laughs> in the world. They can have a disastrous League <laughs> Cup group stage and they just go, oh, well, well, it takes a while, we'll sort it out, which goes back to that thing very often. how you If you finish a season well, it's money in the bank for yeah, the start yeah. of next season, isn't it? I also think it's worth noting that I think more and more fans are becoming aware of the pitfalls of this competition at this time of yeah. year. You know, if this was a you know, a few years ago when people were just getting used to this new format, there might have been a bit more mm. peril clutching and things like that. But we've seen so many shocks now over uh -huh. the years. There's so every single season, at least two or three top flight uh, teams will down, lose. Calm down a wee bit for a season or two, but it's back with a ban yeah. this season, isn't so, it? Uh, and I think more and more fans are realising that it's folly to judge your team based on losing a match, albeit surprisingly losing a match in the middle of July. It's just yeah. it's just silly. This is the time of year where footballers are still being conditioned, they're still working mm -hmm. on shape, they're still signing players. It's it's not good to be losing matches no. at this stage. It's not good to be knocked out of one of three competitions, but at the same time, it's madness to to judge the rest of the season or what might be to come based on, um, and that's for good or bad. Yeah. But I don't think there's many people dancing on the ceiling about having a great via play cup, cup group stage either. I think Aye. there's, um, you know, uh, it's a lose it. for, for full-time clubs. 
in, in, in particular Premiership clubs, it's no. a lose lose group stage. Yeah, isn't it? it's no, there's no, you know, it's no excuse. You should still be yeah. beating teams that are fundamentally worse for you because they're probably also in a state yeah. of flux as well. But it just adds a little, you know, a ten percent of uncertainty, and that can sometimes be what what swings a, a shock. So I think there is a sense of um, perspective um, among most fan bases. Um, even, as you say, even among Dundee United fans when they don't have any momentum from last season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good to hear that, obviously, uh, Dundee fans are, are um, you know, not getting too carried away with, with that defeat. I've got, I've got to say, the games are, for me, the games are invaluable because it's competitive yeah, games. Yeah, absolutely. It gets teams ready. I mean, Dundee, for all, would like to go into this Viper Cup and go as far as you can because it is an opportunity to get to Hamden Park somewhere we've not been getting close to 20 odd years now you know mm-hmm. um, shouldn't have got promoted <laughs> anyone in the championship's <laughs> getting a trip <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I think it's 20 years 2003 wasn't it two, oh, no. 2005 or 2006 or something like that so that was a good day yeah but it's invaluable the competitive games because let's be no doubt the important thing is when the who ball comes out against Motherwell a week on Saturday in the Premier League, and then we'll we'll see. But they should be at least match fit and ready to go. You know, you're not going to get caught lax a days ago. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought. And their strikers are already in the in the goals. That's good. All yeah. Three yeah. Of them. yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And I suppose barring a disaster, if you done massive rebuild over the summer, yeah. new manager, new players, which only four were in contract or something like that. Mm. George at the end of last season from the first team squad. They are beginning to look like a team. Yeah. He has moved, uh, he moved quickly. He had to move quickly because, as you say, I think it was only three or four in contract. Um, so he's got the ones signed up that he wanted signed up from last season. He's, he's made some notable additions. I still think Joe Shaughnessy has been outstanding. He absolutely strolling through games for me. I hope he continues. You, you were getting some stick for that Alan Hansen uh, yeah. Neri comparison <laughs> yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he just, I, mean, I think it's that a way- crossed my mind. What people should remember is that it doesn't mean you're Alan Hansen or Dave no, Neri. It's, it's, yeah. You see thing. You see yeah. we, and I'm not being defensive here because I don't care. Because we always <laughs> But, but we're not saying that he's Alan Hansen no. or Dave Neary, but you, you it's the mannerisms, the, the way yeah. they play, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing to have. I mean, no. I'd like to say Pineda looks a bit like Harry Kane, but it's, <laughs> it's early days for Alan. I just, I, I, I love to see Tam on the other foot here because he knows how many times he's gone away from a press conference when a player's dropped that slight comparison. <laughs> I see myself as stylistically the same as. Player X, yeah. and you go away, and that's your headline. Yeah, and and you're like, you've done that a million times. And you're like, <laughs> it's always better when someone else says. Yeah, <laughs> you're always like, well, you said it, son. Foots, foots, <laughs> so, yeah, so I know what's going to happen. What not, you know, first mistake, yeah. someone should have thought you were all in hands in. Shoes on the other foot just now. Just about Joe Shaughnessy, but we've not seen Joe Shaughnessy has a huge throw in. Mm, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, we've not seen it yet. I'm just, That's, uh, I'm just wondering if it's just going to appear when there's five minutes to go and they're one nothing uh, down in the game and he, you know, <laughs> they've got a throwing on right with the top end. Well, that, that's interesting. Obviously, he's the captain that played him in the centre of the three, but if he plays on on the side of that, then he yeah. will take the throw. To be fair, so. it does look as though he's going to score a goal sooner or later because he, he was unlucky. He, yeah, right. he had a couple of decent head, headers last night, well saved by the by the uh, Dumbarton goalkeeper. Um, he does look like he can. He's one of these centre halves also that can go up down, can actually header a ball towards a goal. We know many centre halves that go up can they can header the ball, but put it on the target is very difficult. But Jim Holton, Gordon yeah, McQueen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Sure yeah. he gets more stick, <laughs> and I say Paul, um, Paul Hager. Oh no, <laughs> you're getting no. more stick than that. <laughs> well, we'll need an extra meal, sir. <laughs> 
But I wouldn't be surprised to, to see Joe getting on the on the score sheet. But uh, the long throw, we're waiting for that one. Nah, no, I forgot about that. George, how close do you think the manager is? I mean, we've we've talked about you know the change at the back, and obviously we've had to wait for the Mexicans, and he's he's still signing players. How close do you think he is to being settled in his own mind about his team for the the league opener, which is not far away? Um, I, st I still think he wants more in. Um, I think that's pretty clear. Um, spoke to him a wee while ago, just about. He, brought in quite a lot of young players and he, he said that wasn't particularly the strategy um, so they, they were looking at more I've experienced been murmurings about that the, yeah. among the fans that they would like one yeah. or two you can see that because that, they have got quite a few loans obviously good players from, from big clubs and they've got talent but you good need good players from their own academy yeah um, they haven't got a huge amount of experience in, at premiership level there's a few still there from the last time but the, the guys they brought in the only Shaughnessy really has any um, Tiffany had a bit uh, Livingston but other than that the, the rest of them are all new to it uh, so I think I agree with Bear in terms of a midfielder I think that they maybe need somebody who's got premiership experience in there because uh, that Airdrie game the middle three, the oldest one was Malachi Boateng at 21. Um, so it's a very young midfield and you could tell up against Reese McCabe and his midfield, they moved him about quite a bit and, and caused some some problems in there. Um, so yeah, I, th I very much don't think he's done in the transfer market. Um, they, I really do Which want to see them add experience. The hierarchy. Mm -hmm. yeah. they've, they've backed their manager big time, haven't they? They have. I mean, I just point to the the preseason trip away. That I've said this before, but there was no signs of that happening at all until Tony Docherty came in, and they haven't done that for years, which tells you how much they're backing him and, and happy to do whatever he feels is necessary. Uh, and that'll mean bringing players in as well. Um, I have also heard murmurings that they're still looking for a goalkeeper, which is interesting. Why, why, three. They, why would I don't know. looking for a goal? That seems very strange. That seems odd. Whether, no, but he said he wanted shelf. three, didn't yeah. he? So he's maybe wanting Harry out yeah. on loan. Maybe, maybe. So interesting to keep, a, uh, interesting to keep an eye on. Interesting last night as well. Whenever Adam Legsons came into the goal after yeah. McCracken, he played the first two games of the, of the competition. So I wonder if Legsons will start on Sunday. And Does that mean that he's in the box seat for the... I know, it's still up in the, the air, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Because he... Didn't really have that much no, to do didn't. either. He didn't. Um, he may have a bit more on, on Sunday to be fair. Yeah. Um, and he, he is one of the most experienced players in that squad and he is loud yeah. and organises really well. You can see that when you're watching on the pitch. Even when Dundee are attacking, he's shouting to boys uh, to cover from corners and stuff like that. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's really good at that. So that that's something that does add to it because it is a very young team. Exciting team, exciting players, but I, I do think they need a bit more experience in there, and, and that's where I think they'll be looking uh, to add. And before we move across the road, a couple of interesting departures: Paul McGowan, Cove Rangers. Yeah, that was an interesting. Confirmed had wanted him, I think. That's maybe a sign be, of budgetary yeah. issues. He'd been he'd, he'd been training with Dunfermline um, and played all the preseason yeah. games as a trialist, but. Obviously couldn't play in the cup. And Paul Hartley came calling again, mm -hmm. signed him for Dundee, signed him for Cove. Um he's such an experienced player. Uh I think he'd be absolutely fine in, in League One and 
add a lot to Cove Rangers, and the hair looks great, I have to say. Mm. <laughs> you had it done again, or is it just... No, it's just coming in is good. That Tom you're yeah. talking about? No, Paul McGinn. <laughs> I'm not going to Turkey for hair. I could... Size, size of my head, it cost a fortune to get <laughs> And the other one, that Dundee legend, Jack Henry, teaming up with Stephen Gerrard in Saudi now. That's been confirmed as I was driving in. Okay. Was talk of £80,000 per week. He's oh. it, a laddie who seems to move every year and always comes out smelling of roses because he went to Dundee. <laughs> a lovely footballer. Yes. Really yeah. a good footballer. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's a guy who all, always does a great job for uh, Scotland and impresses. But there's obviously something about him that, that managers go, when when they get an offer, they go, I will take that. It's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, Dundee had to take it because he, he was, was always He was always one of, one of these guys who's willing to take a risk. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which I think is a good thing as well, because yeah. he, he trusts himself, he trusts his football and ability to get himself out of problems. But... He will get himself into, into bother by by taking that risk, but the way the game is played nowadays at the top level, yeah, what's not to like about what's not to like about Jack Henry? You know, he's very very quick. Mm -hmm. He's 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 got he's, he's got this the height and the you know the strength to play at centre back. I, I really yeah. like him as a as and, a great movement. Yeah. That's the money that he's getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but then when you speak to him even back when he was at Dundee, is one of the most confident oh, people yeah. I've, I've ever spoken to yes. in his own ability, which Aye. you can see he on did the believe in himself. Yes, very much. Um, and that's what's got him where he is. I think that's what got him to the Champions League with Club Rouge and getting the big box. Yep. There we go. Moving across the road, but still on the theme of centre-halves, there's a sign in Alan. You can, you can elaborate. Names and everything. Declan Gallagher arrives on a two-year deal from... Just as well you said. I was going to call him Dermot. <laughs> that would have been a sign in eh? we've, we've signed an ancient referee <laughs> um, I'm saying nothing about whether that would be an improvement on last season's efforts um, it's, yeah it's a signing that makes a hell of a lot of sense he is um, someone that will bring uh, aerial prowess experience, physicality um, he is a huge personality in every dressing room that he's uh, he's been at I was on uh, you know um, sort of Edinburgh and West uh, Edinburgh and Lothian beat back when he was playing for Livingston mm -hmm. and he was a an enormous part mm -hmm. of their success when um, you'll remember him Lithgow and Halkett were just uh, you know three absolute man mountains as Livingston made their way to the Premiership and cemented their place in the Premiership yeah. um, he's a he's a proper defender and I mean all these things are not things that I need to um say to anyone that's um, on this patch he was obviously a young man at, at Dundee but still had those uh, you know raw elements to his game and still showed some promise you Bear know. and I were speaking about this coming up in the lift because we're high up in the <laughs> DC Thompson Empire he was actually when he was a kid at Dundee he was quite a footballing centre he can still, he can still play. He can play he can play it's about whether you ask him to play yeah <laughs> fundamentally he's, he's added yeah. since he left Dundee as a young guy it's, and like a lot of players do, he's added that a lot of that steel and a lot of that grit, and he looks like a crack. A lot of Premier League clubs would have been happy to take away. Fundamentally, and I wouldn't claim to be an expert on St Mirren's fortunes last season. Um, I think it comes down to 
um, you know, whether he stays fit and whether he's uh, at 32, whether his body will um, handle the the strains of a, a of a top flight season. I think there was a suggestions that he, he didn't quite hit the heights he's capable of when he mm-hmm. came back from an injury halfway through last season. Um, and if that's the case, it seems evidently that Stephen Robinson wanted one in, one out at that centre-back position. And I th- yeah. so it's, a, it's a deal that really suits all parties. I think Dundee United have played it really, really well um, in the sense that they will pay a fee, but it's conditional upon their promotion. So it's effectively a future fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't go up, they don't pay a penny. Um, whereas if they do go up, you know, St Mirren, St Mirren have effectively gambled on, on getting something because fundamentally, if they wanted him off the wage bill, and there was no better offers than mm-hmm. that, then it probably makes sense for St Mirren as well because I would imagine that you I think it's Bolton, the, the chap that they brought in to replace Declan yeah. Gallagher. I'd, he's probably, I would suspect, given his um, given he's not coming from a decent contract at Aberdeen, um, I'd imagine he's probably on less than yeah. Gallagher. So I think for every party it suits and he's just... I think it was was it the podcast this week when basically said what they need is a big Ryan Edwards type. And they've gone out and they've signed a big Ryan Edwards type. So it's um it's it's, it's good to have listeners in high places at Tanadice. <laughs> and um it's not, it's a, in all seriousness, it's a good it's a it's a really good signing and one that's clearly been um in the pipeline for a while. Jim Goodwin's worked with him before, another bonus, you know, there's mm-hmm. a, and I just think I now look around that dressing room. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to dwell on his football ability. We, we've all, we all know who Declan Gallagher is as a footballer. But what I would say is you now look around that dressing room and, you know, if you go on our uh, website today, you'll see an interview with Jack Walton. He was really impressive and I spoke to him the other day. Um, Good goalie. Yep, yeah, Ross Doherty through the spine with Declan Gallagher. Louis Moll. If you talk Touched to Louis Touched on that a few weeks ago yeah. that what they needed was a spine uh, and, and he's gone from goalkeeper to centre-forward. Absolutely. Louis Moll, yeah, really confident again, really determined. Um I like somebody that comes out and basically says, yeah, I see what everybody writes on social media and I'm going to <laughs> shut them all up, which is quite good because uh, we get quite a lot of, um, oh, I don't pay attention to what people say and, and write uh, in this job. And I quite like somebody that comes out and says, oh, I see everything. <laughs> I, see, <laughs> I see everything. I'm going to shut them up. Um, so I, I, like, I like the look of the spine uh, now. And it's just a case of getting the work in progress going, which... Uh, there are tentative signs of happening uh-huh. uh, as of this week, but just like I'm, uh, I've said, before, you know, earlier on this podcast, I'll not be judging anything on a one 0 win at Falkirk. No. But the, there's are, there's tentative signs of progress there. I actually watched that game and talking to the spine of the team, uh, the last five minutes or more because of injury time. I liked Ross Doherty uh-huh. because there was there were there was another goal there for United. And with the kids, their natural instinct was to go for it. But Ross Doherty was always available. He was always speaking to them. I think the boy Grimshaw was the same. Uh, and they were the number of times a kid started to go forward, stopped, passed it back to Doherty. Yeah. Just great game management. And when you're you're winning the game, don't give the ball away by trying something, you know, difficult. And, and and I thought they kept the ball very well. I was very impressed with the goalkeeper as well, I must admit. Yes, the the, the goalie was, made a couple of really good saves. And as I say, it was my first chance to actually have a chat with him down the sideline afterwards. And yeah, really, really impressive. Um, kind of shrugged off his own performance. Um, and not in a, 
I'm not going to sound arrogant on mm. the record way. Just even just chatting with the tapes off, he was kind of shrugged it off. That's, that's, what? that's, what, that's what I'm there for, you know. Right, right, okay. And I thought one of the I thought one of his saves, the free kick took deflection. I thought it was a fabulous save, yep. but just sort of shrugged off. That's Had that air about him at the time of the saves too. Mm. When he got up and he was shouting, it was like that's my job. Next, yeah. He wasn't looking for any mm. accolades or anything yep. like that. He was just. Getting on with the job. So I thought, yeah, thought he was good, and um, I thought it was perhaps Ross Dockery's best game in a United shirt. I thought he was tidy on the ball and just destructive off it. Made fouls yeah. when he had to make fouls, made tackles when he had to make tackles. Um, I thought defensively, I still think they gave up too many chances. Mm -hmm. Falkirk could easily have equalised, and that will need to be uh, arrested. However, the, there was a real determination. I don't know what you guys think, but a real determination not to concede a goal yeah. there, which sounds like a stupid thing to say. There should always be a determination to not concede a mm. goal. But last ditch stuff, throwing themselves in front of tackles, you know, busting a gut to get back, last ditch saves, everyone shouting at each other, loud, vocal. You know, it just it had a different vibe from last season, which, as I say, is, is promising. You know, shouldn't don't want to be giving up chances, but. The, the fact that there was such a determination to make those last-ditch chances. Uh, you, you said that there, it, it sounds crazy. The, it may often occurs to me, and rightly, very often when a goal's conceded, players are accused of ball-watching. Mm -hmm. Looking at United last season, I think they, they were often guilty of man-watching. Players were looking for the man that mm -hmm. they'd been assigned to mark. And sometimes you've got to leave, leave that man to throw your mm -hmm. body in the way of the ball. There was an air of that on on Tuesday at Falkirk, wasn't there? Yeah, real determination to keep a clean sheet, and that's a second in a row. And I know it's Peterhead and Falkirk, but clean sheets breed clean sheets, and it breeds a, a, a getting used to to good defensive performances in terms of shutouts and um, wanting to keep it going for the next game. You know, you feel the momentum going, mm -hmm. and it's very much a group stage of two halves because after the, the Spartans' result... Um, as we speak, that was last night um, with the one over Peterhead. United are out, so failure of a group stage. Empirically, failure yeah. of a group stage. However, it has been a group stage of of two halves and um, really disappointing against Spartans and Thistle, but far better against... In fact, well, better against Peterhead, but then far better against Falkirk. And Falkirk are tidy. You know, they're a, yeah, they're a, they're a decent football, football team. team they're a team that I think Dundee United will play worse teams in the Championship, but Falkirk's yeah. problem is... Uh, they can't get back into the championship because yeah. when it comes to the business end, they, they keep reverting into sort of banter Falkirk. <laughs> Whereas, but in terms of how they are capable of it's playing... Like Falkirk last season got too disappointed <laughs> about not winning the league. I don't know what happens and to Falkirk. And then they just yeah. they completely lost mm -hmm. the, the plot mm -hmm. going into the playoffs. I, I don't I don't know what happens to them at the business end of seasons. It's, uh, it's just it's like we discussed last week. Sometimes when the club just gets in a spiral, it's, it's yeah. so tough to get out of. But I think anyone watching that game can see they're a tidy side. And um, it's a solid 1-0 one, no one. So Carlisle at the weekend for United and then we'll uh, get on to the real stuff in our broth. Carlisle with this, not squint stand, but the stand that doesn't actually... Extends beyond the goal because they were going to move the pitch. Built one stand and changed mm. their mind. Watch out for the ticket. You're going down. <laughs> I am going down. Yeah, and, and you've just given quite, me you've given me my first three pairs of colour. Thank you. <laughs> it quite, it's quite, it's quite bizarre that you can actually sit on the side of the pitch, but you're behind the goal. Mm. But and it would it was during the time of Michael Whiten. There's another yeah. fact: the man who once said he was going to buy Manchester United and didn't actually. 
But going back to the only United that matter, do you see what I did there? That was, that was no, good. That, that would have been a slick segue if you hadn't pointed out the segue. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not clever often yeah. enough in my life that I can't mention it myself. It's like when someone Charlie Adam used to play a big diagonal and just admire it. Yeah. <laughs> Used to go, wah! <laughs> see that one. Yeah. Charlie was at the game last night, actually. Was in he? Dent's bar, he was. Ah, oh, well, yeah. you should have mentioned that in the Dundee I should section. have done, yeah. <laughs> just, just remember. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, back to United. What were we talking about? Aye, Bear, to go back to Gallagher, uh, as I said, you and I remember him from his time at Dens. The other thing that struck me, I always like a player that develops, you know, as I say, he struck me more as a footballer, mm-hmm. at, as a young man at Dens. He's added that steel, and he's one of a number of guys that Steve Clark astutely called into the Scotland yeah. setup when there were injuries and did a job. It's yeah, I, I like Declan Gallagher. I thought he was good at Dens. I was disappointed to see him leave. He has gone on and improved, as you say. Where he's been, it's, it's, it's no surprise that he has has improved. I think it's a brilliant signing for Dundee United, Alan. I think they were needing a, a big, towering centre half. Um, as I say, the spine of the team now looks really strong. It could depend on. It looks like a team that's not yeah. going to concede. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and that you can, can win you the championship. You can see in it, although Louis Moult uh, will be is there to score goals when they're defending set plays. I'm sure he'll be back in defending set plays as well. You know, so they've got a fair bit of height around there now. And hopefully these players can bring the best out of the players around them. Yeah. You know, United were hit with Malays last season where play, players became fearful of actually getting the ball, I think, Dumb. It didn't want the ball. Hopefully these guys can bring the best out of players. I'm, I'm looking at guys like Ross Graham. I think Ross Graham has, has got something to offer. But in over the past season, he hasn't come on the way he should have done. He's not the only one. There are others there as well. Kieran Freeman at right back seems to have gone back in the last sort of 12 months or so. There's, there's a few others as well. And I think it, it boils down to the fact where Dungeon United were last season. In every game, the pressure was ramped up, especially after Christmas, ramped up, ramped up, ramped up to the point where they couldn't play. They couldn't play to the standard that they should be playing at. Hopefully this season will will be different. Um, Alan's saying that the, 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 the League Cup section has been like a, a game of two halves. I think the good thing from Dundee United is the second half has been much yeah. better. If I'd gone the other way, <laughs> then you would have had real yeah. problems going into the first game against an Arbro side who, believe me, I saw Dick Campbell on the TV during the week and the steam was coming. He was trying Aye. to contain himself. But he will look at that first game as a chance for redemption for their League Cup failure as, as well. Um, but no, I, I think Dundee United are in, are in quite a good place at this point in time. In terms of Declan Gallagher, and I did it with Dundee as well, I started getting concerned. Why has Declan Gallagher, you know, he was in the Scotland team, he was in the Scotland squad, the Scotland team, he, he got a good move to Aberdeen. That didn't work out. It hasn't worked out at St Mirren. Now, no disrespect, Dundee United are... Equally as big a club as Simon, but they're down a division in the yeah. champ. Why is Declan Gallagher in the championship? It could be financially. There could be other reasons. We know that his family, he's got family here as well. Obviously, that there could be reasons behind that. But for me, Declan, maybe he just wants to annoy his father-in-law, who's yeah, a very big well, Dundee we'll fan. Well, we know that. Yeah, he is coming. Maybe he wants to play in the Dundee Futsal League again, George, as he often did. Well, you when yeah, he, supposed when, to keep that quiet. <laughs> oh, no, 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 he only did that when he was at Livingston in the Premier. Yeah, it was Livingston. Yeah. <laughs> but great signing for Dundee United, so got to be. It's yeah, a, it's a really good point that, that Bear makes about the bringing on of, of young yeah. players because there's a lot of talk at Dundee United, as there always is, and, and, and there should be because you want to promote your young players. A lot of talk about the talented young players, but young players only progress if you put them in a functional unit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's been too many of these kids that's been, that have been pitched into a team that fundamentally was broken last season. 
So this season, you now look at if you play, say, Archie Mikkelsen, Kieran Freeman, Kai Fotheringham out wide, you're now looking around them and you're saying, well, they're surrounded by Ross Doherty, Craig Sibbald, Louis Mott, Declan Gallagher, all of us. And that's just on the pitch. You've got all these guys behind the scenes motivating them, bringing them on. That's a far, far better environment for, for young players to come through in, in a, a functional unit with players around them that have got experience, that have got drive, that are the right sort. And aren't quiet. Strikes me last season, United yeah. were a quiet mm. team. That's fair to say, I think. Aye. I think Jim Goodwin's basically in <laughs> the kind of greatest example of damning with faint praise in history, basically said last season, we had a squad full of awful nice boys. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the... I, I don't think that was necessarily praise. Um, I think you can say now that that is a dressing room full of a lot of people who will not accept losing football mm. matches. Um, you, you'd imagine going into a Dundee United dressing room now after a meek 4-0 surrender at Ross County and you're facing Louis Moult, Declan Gallagher mm-hmm. and Ross Doherty and Liam Grimshaw. Nah. No. So I, there's a definite improvement in terms of the, 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 the character profile in that squad, I think. And it's, it's, you need those talkers, don't you? You actually... Just occurred to me, you need sometimes things come off for kids and they need someone to say it still wasn't the right thing to do. Okay, it worked this time, but as a rule, it worked this time because the defender made a mistake, not because you your thought process was right. And it strikes me guys like Gallagher and, and Doherty, Molt, they'll do that. They'll say, I think as well, he's, he's not known for it, but I noticed um, Tony Watt doing a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. To, to the kids around him I wasn't that other night. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring him up because, you know, it wasn't a standout performance. Because he's got way. his own vlog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can do his own press. Um, however, it's, it's just since you mentioned him, uh, Tony was really good in midweek. He mm-hmm. missed a couple of guilt-edged chances. And being a striker, and understandably so, people will say, you know, you should take those chances, and, and, and he should have. But he ran himself into the ground. And yeah. the only goal of the game comes because he closes down Tom Lang and uh, the corner flag you know, absolutely, you know, pounds the grass to get across, to close him down in the corner flag, panics Tom Lang into playing an insane ball across yeah. the face of his own box. That's Tony Watts pressing that does that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's um, uh, your stereotypes and preconceptions uh, about Tony I've sometimes. I've always thought about what... And he grafted... He's a laid-back character off the pitch. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be that when things haven't gone right at a club, he, he stays calm and, and, and if moving on is the best thing, he does that. And it seems to sort of give people the impression that he stands about on a pitch. But any time I've seen him play, he works hard. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, he was very determined to lead the line. I, I don't think that number nine rule is for him. I think mm-hmm. it will be Louis Moults eventually. I would like to see whether there's a way to get Moults and, and Watt in the same team, whether that's a way to accommodate a traditional two. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that's a pickle for Jim Goodwin to get himself out of, but quite a nice problem to have. Mm-hmm. When you've got, he's played off the left a lot of the recent years, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So. But I think, uh, I just think sometimes due to people's ideas uh, about Tony Watt, they maybe overlook just how hard, for example, he worked um, on uh, in, in midweek. And I think there is a real, who knows how this season will go, but I think there's at this point in time, there's a real determination from him to um, be a key player, to work hard and to be a, a good influence around the place, having obviously been appointed vice-captain. Yeah, and... Strikes me as well. I mean, God love the championship. It's a great competitive league. Hopefully not this season after my tip for United's <laughs> win. But if you've got a fit Louis Moult and Tony Watt up front, 
sometimes sometimes you can say, well, let's not complicate it here. If if you're in a tight situation, just put the ball up in their area, and there there are players that are going to give defences at that level problems. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good. Just thinking about those two in the championship, that's a very good strike force in the championship. If you look over the past few years, I'm struggling to think of a team that maybe had that kind of quality. Obviously, the difference is we've talked about Mo and his injury issues. You have to keep him fit. Um, but if, like, on Tuesday, you want to take him out and give him a break, you've got a player like Tony Watt to come in. That, that's that's fantastic for Jim Goodwin, I have to yeah. say. Um, and the good thing, I, I, I just talking about the goal, uh, obviously it was good press and stuff. There's a bit of luck in there, which went United's <laughs> yeah. way, yeah. which is a, a good sign because when things go wrong, like they did last season, the luck doesn't go your way either. Harder but when you, you start work, doing you exactly when you start to do the right things, you start to get that wee bit of luck, and that's I think that's a good sign that maybe things are starting to turn. Yeah, somebody replied to my tweet from the describing the goal that which started off about some probably calamitous error or something, and one of the replies said, "I saw the words calamitous error and assumed Falkirk had gone one nil up <laughs> just <laughs> through sheer force of habit yeah. after the yeah. last sort of yeah, exactly. uh, twelve months." So yeah, I, I think you're maybe encapsulating how United <laughs> fans feel with that one, George. But it's an error that comes from pressing. What's that exactly? Do and the right someone, someone covering the goalkeeper as well. Yep. Be aggressive. Be proactive. Get high up the field. That's uh, that's what you want. So. Hopefully they carry that on when the real stuff starts because yeah. we're not quite there yet. And we should say as well, we were talking about strikers at, uh, at Dens. Great for Mo last Saturday to start off with a goal. Yeah, I mean, it, you want that, Tom. You didn't want any sort of game after game and that goal will come. That was, it's, it's, it's just around yeah. the corner. It's just around the corner. No, it's there now. He's got he's got the goal, so that monkey's off his back. And as I, as I said on, on last week's podcast, I've done you know you can get Louis Moult, anything like the Louis Moult that was at Motherwell a few years back, they're mm. going to be a formidable outfit in the championship this season. And, and they might actually, a, a lot of United fans, or maybe not so many now, a lot of Dungeon fans think that they might run away with the championship. I, I didn't see that happening. And me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, a few weeks back, I didn't see that happening, but they certainly, they're putting a team together now if they can stay fit that has the credentials to be better. Than, than other teams I've spoken mm-hmm. about other teams have got a smattering of, of players in there that every other team has that but Dungeon United look to me as though they've got players there who have, have played at a higher level and should therefore be better that doesn't always add up like that but should if they've got the right attitude win games in that league and if they can shut the back door which is imperative if they can get back to giving nothing away and credit to Jim Goodwin we haven't spoken about Jim Goodwin on this, this podcast this week mm-hmm. he was under a lot of pressure yeah He's quietly gone about his business. You know, they've come out with, with two victories, two clean sheets. You know, he deserves credit for that because I, I can imagine, Alan, on the, on, the, on the training pitch, they've been working really hard. You're talking about the tackles that have been going on. I can imagine United's training ground regime won't be a tippy-tappy area. No. They're, the ta- they, will be, they will be training the way they're playing games. That's what Jim Goodman will want to see. And if, if players get injuries in training, so be it. Yeah. He's won't, he's won't aware of that, but he wants players that are... are wholehearted in training are going to bring that onto the pitch as well it's, it's amazing thing. I mean, Jim McLean it's a while since we've gotten nostalgic Jim, <laughs> Jim McLean always said it doesn't matter what you do it's results that will decide whether or not you stay in a job but if since day one at United with Jim Goodwin 
if there was a blueprint for how a manager should go about his day-to-day -day business, that's it. It's, it, I mean, it, it, I scratch my head as to why he hasn't had more results, why he didn't keep United up last season, just based on the, the way he goes about his business. I mean, we mentioned Louis Moult there. I mean, I, I was in a panic on Tuesday when I saw that he wasn't even on the bench. But Alan tells me, Jim Goodwin, understandably a guy who's had injury problems recently, is not going to play him three games in a week. So he, let, he left him out. It's good management, where at a time when they needed another good result, a lot of managers would have taken the risk and thrown him in. He's doing that. <laughs> it's, it feels, as I said, I don't want to leap too much into the praise because it is, it's, it's two wins in the last, if you take into account last season, during the last nine games. So it's still a work in progress. But what he has been in control of and what he's done so far, I think, has been fairly impressive this season. What I think it's worth, I mean, I think it's a, a well established fact that he's working them. You know, to, to the bone and training, mm -hmm. it's it's high tempo, it's aggressive. The team will be built around hard work, high pressing, aggression, proactive football. Um, hopefully, that then leads into some stuff that's nice to watch. But fundamentally, they will want to be one of the hardest working teams in the division. And then you say, look around at the personnel. The quality yeah. should then tell. So that's yeah. that's very much the plan. But I think the the other area in which Jim probably deserves a bit of credit is he is has far more responsibility than someone wouldn't ordinarily have at the club that the size of Dundee United in terms of the recruitment. And um, we were very critical of recruitment last season. There's been a lot of changes in that regard. Obviously, sporting directors left in February and Sean McGee, the head of recruitment, left during the summer. And it has been left effectively to Jim Goodwin and, and CEO Luigi Capuano to, to piece together a squad. And I think they've done not a bad job. Mm -hmm. I think it's, a, it's not... <laughs> It's not piqued the imagination in terms of, uh, oh, who on earth is that? They've not signed two boys from Mexico and, <laughs> you know... Not uh, everyone can. Not signed... And, and you know, Ant from Ant and Dex brother or whoever <laughs> it may be. <laughs> well, um, I would... Come on, George, we'll have to go back to Dundee. I should have raised this earlier. I've only seen he's related... His, uh, what is the relationship? His, his, his no, 18th cousin. His granddad uh, is cousins with uh, Dick's granddad or something okay. like that. Okay. It's, it's tenuous, uh, but enough to, that he's a Newcastle United fan. So to sum it up, he's not really related. He is related. <laughs> Yeah. And he's got, cousin, they're cousins, second cousins. And own Beck's related to Ian Rush, is that right? That Ian Rush is his... Great uncle, right? So uh, oh, that's more of a yeah. That's, that can't be true because Owen Beck missed from a yard last night. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Rush never did. No. So all would have bounced twice before it went in, but you would have still scored. So long and short of it, um, I'm annoyed because United signings haven't been as interesting <laughs> to write about as uh, as George has thought been. You were a deep. You're so shallow, <laughs> really. But I just, I just, I, I love a. Um, I love an explainer. Who yeah. is this guy? I'm and then you go deep into them. And I've only done that way with Jack Walton. I'm, I'm sure Aunt McPartland's got some sort of <laughs> long lost uh, relation uh, around about English football. But it's um, just remember the last time United pulled off one like that. Exactly. I think it was Schneider's brother. Oh, uh, Rodney. Uh, fair yeah. point. Fair point. Fair we, point. We so could have signed his granny. <laughs> the the business has all been very sensible. Very sensible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think after the excesses and the risks 
um, and the unknowns of their last uh, delves into the transfer market, I think that's exactly what they needed. There's no need to reinvent the wheel here. They've signed players who have been there, done that, know what you're getting. Only question marks are fitness question marks on a couple across the board. Hmm. But, um, you know... That's what I, I was, when you're in this championship. Yeah, I'm not going to be sitting here at the end of the season if things don't go well and with 2020 hindsight saying the recruitment was terrible. I'll say right now, I think it's been sensible. Um, and where it goes from here is now... Um, up to Jim and the coaching staff and the players themselves. I think they've done an okay job on recruitment. I, I must admit, George, you, you, Goodwin always strikes me as a manager who's about to, if, if things aren't going well, he's about to turn things around because he just seems to go about his business in the right way. He's very calm, isn't he? D- despite maybe what he was like as a player, he was, he was all quite fiery um, or liked to cause a bit of trouble sometimes. Um, but you always see in his post-match, even if the results have been bad, he's still very calm. Um, I did enjoy the videos that somebody put together of his, what was it, very disappointed. Extremely disappointed. Extremely disappointed. Yeah. Um, so he has his go-to phrases, obviously, um, but he, he comes across very well, I think, in, in, in the post-match stuff. And, and I think that probably translates in, in the, the dressing room as well, um, getting his point across. Um Shouldn't forget that he was coming into United, obviously, straight after Aberdeen. There's a lot of pressure on that, and that's probably still there, obviously, having taken Dundee United down and not being able to save them. He has to get the season right mm-hmm. for, for for his own career and getting back to the Premiership and the level he, he wants to be managing that. So that but in that sense, even more credit to him, because yeah. he's, he's had, I've heard a lot of his interviews, uh, uh, obviously re- read a lot from the stuff Alan's written, and he has had difficult questions. Now, in the situation he's in where he can't afford another failure and he's only got a season to turn things around, a lot of managers would be a bit snippy about some of the questions they're asked, but he, he never seems to have a problem with, with the difficult questions. No, the way he carries himself is hugely impressive, but fundamentally that won't mean a jaw if they don't mm. win the championship. Um, but certainly in terms of the the intangibles, the way he leads the football club is undoubtedly a positive. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to go over old ground, but and especially since you know I, I like the man personally, but someone like, for example, Liam Fox wasn't a sort of rally the troops, mm-hmm. get everyone behind it in terms of relationship with the supporters. Mm. Jim Goodwin is better at that. You know, yeah, he speaks directly, clearly, motivationally, and fans can get behind that. So that's a benefit, and I've got no doubt that he's... Um, although he appears calm with the press, there is a, a sort of uh, cold steeliness to the eyes there. We that, want to be on that, his wrong side. Exactly, yeah. that says you wouldn't necessarily want to cross him. So I'm sure when he's in that dressing room or when he's speaking to the players privately... I'm sure his authority is pretty unmatched, which again is another positive thing for, mm-hmm. for this Dundee United team. So these intangibles, all positives. Um, so um, I feel like a broken record, but let's see how the season starts, shall <laughs> we? Yeah, well, go, go back to what I quoted Jim McLean saying, in the end, it, yep. it, it's results. And if you get, you get the results, but my good feeling about United is returning. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us.